Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network ticking your way into the halfway point of season three of 24. We are here for episode 12, day three, 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. This first aired on the 3rd of February, 2004. It was the, well, the story, this is a lot of cooks in this kitchen, a story by Evan Katz and Stephen Cronish, teleplay by Robert Cochran and Howard Gordon. Ah, oh, makes a lot of sense now why this episode's how it is. Uh, directed by John Kazar. And how bizarre, John Kazar, because I'm <laughs> looking forward to talking about this episode. It's an interesting one. Um, my name is Eric, Eric Binder. And <laughs> think about that, Colin. Think about that. Oh, you semi stole mine. Um, my name is Colin, the love child of Chloe and Eric. Eric Binder. <laughs> what a man, dad, Eric Binder. Hi, dad. <laughs> Hello, son. It's good to see you again. <laughs> you know, Eric Binder and Jack Smiggins are good friends. Um, they are. Yes, I heard that. They're <laughs> very, maybe very a little good more friends. than friends. We can't confirm. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? And and as they should be, they are beautiful men. And men are allowed to be beautiful with each other. So there you go. Um, this episode, I'm just saying this right now. For like the first half an hour of it, I'm going like, wow, might be on for my first bin here of season three. Um, <laughs> didn't think this was going to come, but wow, here we go. And then it just literally like explodes in your face. And you're like, wow, okay, here we go. Like, I'm awake now. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, boom, I'm on board. And it goes by very, very quickly. Um, so, yeah, this is a, an odd one. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the last 10 minutes are great. I loved it. Before that, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like that's kind of common for the last couple of weeks. It's like, oh, there's really not a lot happening here. And what's happening is kind of frustrating and annoying. And then, oh, you got some incredible stuff at the end. And it's really saving. I feel like we've we've reached the equivalent of survivors last couple of seasons or last couple of years worth of seasons where it's like, yeah, the episode well, sucks, but wow, what a tribal council. So yes, this episode had a great tribal council. Yeah. And then they started doing the live tribal and then it just got convoluted and it's just like, <laughs> seriously, can I just say this right now? Maybe we should talk about this on Patreon, but like, I think survivor just, you know, they put all this money into like filming it on beaches and all this kind of stuff. And it's beautiful and all that sort of stuff. Literally scrap the game, just send them into trouble. That's where everything happens now anyway. So just like, you may as well just, just like, oh, cool. 18 Americans go to tribal council. And like, that's it. Like, that's what you may as well do. What's the point of all you this strategizing on the beach? You know? Yeah. Don't even have to fly them anywhere. Just green screen, a couple of wooden stumps in a studio exactly. and you've got it. Jess probably got a few of them in his place. So, you know, <laughs> anyway, uh, Survivor Oz, the early years, now available on Patreon. Um, now with that shameless plug out of the it way. It actually yeah, is. It really is. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's actually not surprising now to literally read that there were four people involved in writing this episode, a story and a teleplay. Meanwhile, John And that Cazar was, was just, just to come up with the name Eric Binder. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Eric, Eric who? Eric Balfour? No, he played that guy who didn't want to come in at 5am to format files. Um, oh, God, I can't think of anyone. What are you holding in your hand there, Jenkins? A binder. All right. Binder! Eric Binder! <laughs> And there we go, four names on the script. Um, it's just, I think it's the baby stuff is just getting stupid. Um, not that it wasn't before, but um, the Palmer drama is okay. Uh, but then it's sort of getting to a point where it's like, yep, uh, I swear either Carlos Bernard just did not want to be there this week or he's deliberately playing Tony as Mr. Phone it in. Um, Adam is there. Jack's hanging out with the Salazars for just 30 minutes, chilling, and just the back and forth between him and Nina. He's evil. Shut up, Nina. Oh, there's people on the hill. Okay, check it out. What sort of, oh, what names can we come up with? What are some really stereotypical Latino names? Uh, Felipe and Pablo, let's call them that. Uh, <laughs> no, they're boom. All right, oh, well, explosions. We need explosions. Like, that's kind of what this episode really is. I mean, did I just recap the whole thing? All right, rent it, buy it, or bin it. What are you thinking? <laughs> it, yeah, it's... uh. Wow, it's it's a frustrating episode because uh, we started off the new act. Well, what what are we now? Three four weeks into you know, act two mm. of season three, and I mean some good stuffs happened, but uh, I feel like you could condense everything in this third act. No matter what the story is, even the Jack and Salazar storyline, you could condense this into one episode if you want. And we're three or four weeks in. Like it, it, this is at the point where it's like we're stalling. You know. We, we want to get as much mileage as we can out of Ramon, but it was obvious. I mean, even when we talked to Joaquin De La Meda, you know, they, they did not originally intend for him to be in 12 episodes of this show. So like, come on, we got to get our money's worth out of this guy. And now they're probably thinking it's like, oh, maybe we introduced this, uh, this uh, Amador guy a little bit too early. So let's stall, let's stretch it out a little bit. And like, oh, we got this great bombshell with Chloe and the baby, but we don't know where we want to go with it because we haven't yet cast Eric Binder. What are we going to do? Like, <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it, there's so much stalling going on. And still, I'll say, though, I mean, I prefer this over the rush, rush, rush of season two. So I would rather stalling 24 than rushing 24. Because the thing I like about this episode is the Amador stuff and that action stuff, which leads obviously into what I really like about the rest of this season. But yeah, there's just so much padding with this where it's kind of like, you know, yeah, we're getting there, we're getting there, but then it's like, oh, quick, quick, let's make some action. This is a halfway point. Like, this is, you know, remember season one when we had, like, the halfway finale, like, ooh, this is, like, dramatic, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, now, obviously, with the acts. But I think we get the Palmer drama over and done within the baby stuff over because they're pretty simple. Honestly, I think we can fly through this episode because it's only really the last 10 minutes where stuff happens. So, Palmer mm-hmm. drama, Cherry's just like, hello, David, I'm going now. Um, and he's all like, all right, <laughs> My planet Cherry. needs me. <laughs> Get to that Orville, Penny Johnson, Gerald. Seth is waiting for you. Um, but I just I just love how, you know, Sarah's just all like, sure, you don't want to know. David's like, no, I don't want to know. It's like, all right, Sherry. Bye, David. Um, and then I just like, it's okay. And just remember that because five minutes later, like that's all going to go out the window. So uh, Sherry's off for a leisurely drive in suburban Los Angeles. I mean, she was only five minutes away from the hotel and now she's about like a, I think an eleven minute drive from just like the sticks of Los Angeles, where the like trailer people park. Live, people live in trailer parks. I mean, I've not spent a lot of time in downtown LA, but like I've heard it's bad. <laughs> I didn't realize there were trailer parks in the middle of like the downtown LA area. 
Um, so she goes into this trailer where she meets Kevin Kelly. <laughs> now, okay, like, I'm sorry. Like, let's just go back to Eric Binder, Felipe, Pablo, Kevin. Like, there are four people who have written the script for this week's episode and they've come up with <laughs> Kevin Kelly, Felipe, Pablo, you know, like, like honestly, they've just gone, fuck, we're so, we've done so much work this season. Uh, John Smith, um, Bob Evans, <laughs> eat at your local Bob Evans. Um, you, you know, like they've just literally written the most basic names and he's Kevin Kelly, um, the esteemed, which I actually, uh, sad news to report, the actor who played Kevin Kelly, uh, Jack Keeler, apparently at the time of recording this, actually only recently passed away. Uh, in May of 2022, because on the 24 wiki page, they have like the news section. And again, sad news also at the time of recording this uh, is that Gregory Itzen, who plays the esteemed Charles Logan, oh. passed away, which is very sad because he arguably would be the biggest villain in this show's history. We're still a few years away from him yet, but uh, an icon of 24. But uh, on, yeah, in the news, July 8, 2022. Uh, character actor Gregory Itzen passed away. And then May 7th, character actor Jack Keeler, who appeared as Kevin Kelly in season three of 24, has passed away. So, oh, rip to the guy who plays Kevin Kelly. Uh, <laughs> we, he was that too classic young. character. <laughs> he's, off, he's off things. I've seen him in other things though before this guy. But anyway, so Sherry's in there. And I, I kind of like how she's like, hello, Kevin Kelly. And he's all like, Hello, Sherry Palmer. He's also um, <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. Uh, no, he's more like, hello, Sherry. Um, and he's like, you're here because of the president. She's like, yes, I represent the president. Yes. Also, this woman is was married to the president of the United States. Can we just imagine mm. if Hillary Clinton, I mean, she probably is going around the trailer parks of LA deleting her emails. I don't know that whole thing. I don't understand it. Um, but, like, imagine if you just saw Hillary Clinton in the in the trailer parks of LA. I think a few people are going to notice. So, like, you yeah. know, it's, luckily that Doris and Georgie are going out for a leisurely drive at 1 o'clock in the morning. That should be a bed. What are they doing driving in a minute? Uh, they don't recognise Sherry Palmer. But, anyway, so... She talks to Kevin Kelly. We find out that Alan Milligan got drunk, ran over his daughter. Apparently, the police in LA were easily bribed back then. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm calling bullshit. Uh, Alan Milligan's black. Like, he was arrested and he was being beaten up and thrown in jail. Like, there's no way the LAPD are going to be like, yes, he's paid us off well, so you too can be paid. I'm sorry, I'm calling. This is where it's so unrealistic, this episode. Yeah, the police are the reason why he's in the wheelchair. And he's, exactly. He's, he can't breathe. There's so much going on with Milligan. Exactly. There were riots. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter started because of Alan Milligan. Like, I'm, I'm calling bullshit on this Kin. story. Milligan. Milligan. Oh, whatever. Who cares? Catherine Hepburn. I'm Kevin till I Kelly. To, wait till I get to the 24 official guide. They don't even know his wife's name. They just keep calling her Alan's wife. Like, <laughs> she doesn't even get a name in the official guide. Um, Gina Torres. Anyway, so... Uh, Alan Milliken. <laughs> we don't even know a real name. <laughs> Alan Milliken ran over this guy's daughter. She died. He got paid off, and he's all like, "It was blood money." Ah. So then Sherry's all like, "Oh, well, you need to hold a press conference, and things will be fine." Like that's not how the law works, Sherry. <laughs> like it's been like twenty, and there's a whole. Isn't there a whole thing? I know you're a lawyer, so you know all this. But like, isn't there a certain period of time that once a crime has been done, you can't get, like, there was a whole lot of, like, the Bill Cosby things. Like, a lot of them he didn't get charged for because they were, like, a certain period of time yeah. had gone. 
So statute I mean, of limitations. Thank you. That's the big words Ben doesn't know. That's what um, that's what lawyers here for. <laughs> lawyered by Colin Hilding. But like, it's just you know, like again. He's being paid off. So, like, in some way, like, he's implicit in this crime. And, okay, he's got a paper trail of, like, cool, you know, whatever. But, like, also, are crimes that easily covered up? Like, do they not have people investigating this? So, are they that easily paid off? Like, the cops are just like, oh, money. All right. Oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Kevin Kelly, your daughter was killed by nobody. Sign on <coughs> this and take some money. Because he says here that the cops, like, told him to take money. Anyway. Yeah. So... He's, but he doesn't want more money. He's like, my son murdered someone. Get him out of jail. Jesus, this great family. So Sherry gets on the phone and the man who 10 minutes ago didn't want to know what's happening. Hello, Sherry. Hello, David. So I need you to free this guy from prison. Like, oh, why is that? Well, you said you didn't. I want to know now. Okay, so he ran over. <laughs> Alan Milliken ran over. I don't know if I can do that, Sherry, but I'll put you on hold and I'll find out. Because <laughs> like, so, wait, wait a second. Let's stop there for a second. <laughs> David's resistance to this is the most ridiculous thing David Palmer has ever done. He's like, come on, listen. This kid killed somebody. I mean. <laughs> This isn't something simple like smuggling a nuclear bomb onto U.S. soil and detonating it. I mean, that's a pardonable offense. I mean, also, I still question why the President of the United States is just walking around this hotel with basically no staff or people wanting to talk to him and just playing Tetris on his phone. Like, this guy's never busy. Um, On the cancelled debate night. (laughs) Exactly. But, like... Also, again, I'm not on my... I mean, you're the lawyer. You know your constitutional law. Like, I don't think the President's, um, like, power to pardon people... He's just like oh, one o'clock on a on a Tuesday. This guy killed someone. It's a pardon for you. <laughs> like he doesn't just ring up like L.A. County Jail. Hi, uh, yeah, you know that that guy in jail that killed someone. Yeah, John Kelly. Um, I'm the president of the United States. He is free. And like it doesn't work that way. Um, but, but Mr. President, it's one in the morning. Call him a cab. <laughs> <laughs> Like put him in a hotel. Like come stay with me. I'm I'm in a hotel at the moment. But like I, I will say, I actually really like this exchange between him and Wayne because Wayne is like a hundred percent right here at the start because he's kind of just like like no, like you can't do this. Like you're just gonna let a guy get out of jail. Like I'm not gonna let you sit back here and like abuse the powers of the presidency. Like let let me stand down. Like Wayne's like Wayne could just quit. Like he doesn't have to keep listening to David. He's just like no fuck it, David. You're going too far. I quit. I quit. Mm-hmm. I'm cold at press conference. No, Alan wins. But then I love um, I love David's response, though, when he's basically like, oh, so bribing Anne's uh, husband is also okay. And I love Wayne's reaction. He's like, well, wait, wait, shut up. <laughs> like, it's basically <laughs> like Wayne's response. Um, like, it's a cool little back and forth. And then, you know, but, like, it goes nowhere. Because next minute, Sherry's walked back into the trailer to which, I mean, she was right next door to the whole thing. So how did she not hear, a, a like, a kerfuffle going on there? And poor old uh, Kevin Kelly's dead because there's blood everywhere. So he's ru- Sherry's rushing out, and then all of a sudden, oh no, get your keys, Sherry, get your keys. You got to get killed. You got to get killed. It's actually kind of tense. I'm kind of underselling it. But then all of a sudden, little Doris and George going out for a late night rompy pomp at like 12:45 a.m. on a Tuesday. What are they doing going out that late? They're old. They should be going to sleep. And this is a bad neighborhood too. Yeah. What are they like? Like they were driving a pretty nice looking car for a neighborhood like this. <laughs> Um, trailer park <laughs> and then like so like but this is the thing like it's kind of interesting 
But then all of a sudden it's like, Sherry's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So then she calls up uh, <laughs> Alan Milliken's wife, who will rename nameless for the rest of this because she apparently doesn't have a name, to which she's just all like, hey, I'm Gina. Oh, no, I'm Penny Johnson Gerald. Hi, Gina Torres. Hi, Penny Johnson Gerald. How are you doing? Good. Yep, great. Sorry the spin off didn't work for you. Oh, good. Glad the awful's going well for you. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, just by the way, uh, know about the whole Alan, Alan, Alan thing. Um, I, I know how to get you out of it. I'm going to hang up now. No, you're not. I'm going to come and see. You. Okay, bye. And then, ooh, like drama. Like, it's kind of intriguing, but at the same time, it's like, where did this come from? And also, like, Okay, so what was the point of Kevin Kelly? Like, rip Kevin Kelly. Like, poor him. Just in it for five seconds just to die, and we never hear anything of him again from what I remember. So, yeah, that's a Palmer drama. There's one more Palmer scene which is intersected with the CTU stuff, which I've got to rip into in a minute, but, like, we'll get to that. Uh, I mean, I- I'm with you in that I actually do think that, you know, this is it's – it's a simple story. Like, compared to what we had in the past two seasons of Palmer drama, this is a simpler story – it's more realistic. This is the type of stuff a president would go through. Even if it is one in the morning, it's more compelling than what we had in past seasons. But I think we're at the point where it, we are so far removed. Everything Palmer has done is so far removed from the real plot, the, the virus plot, the CTU plot of this season, that this has all become the Palmer spinoff. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's a little bit frustrating about it, even though it is arguably a better story than the uh nicole and keith uh debacle from season one um it's i almost wonder because i don't think we've addressed it that much on here but the original plan for 24 was not to be the jack bauer show i mean season one was supposed to be season one and the original thought they had at least before you know the the show had really gotten off the ground was that they would use this format for different things. It would almost be like one of the original anthology shows, which has become such a popular thing now with like American Crime Story, Horror Story, Fargo, uh, new season, new storyline. And this is like, it, it, it proves that you could do this format if you wanted to do it just based on politics. 24 hours in the day of a politician, 24 hours in the day of a lawyer, 24 hours in the day of a doctor, whatever you want. Uh it works if it's a spinoff, but we're at the point where you need to start tying Palmer drama into Jack drama again. Because uh, we have yeah. what we're being told is one of the biggest threats they've ever faced with this virus. And it's not even the fault of, you know, the, the Palmer storyline. Like, well, you can't incorporate Palmer into the Jack storyline yet because you keep doing the, oh, we got the virus. Just kidding. It was all a ruse all along. Like, we are playing start and stop over and over again with the virus, which is going to be another complaint I'm going to have coming up uh, that uh, what can you have Palmer do? But if you almost imagine this as its own season removed from everything else, I would watch a 24 season if it had nothing to do with terrorists and everything like that. Like, I think this could work. It's just, it's reaching the point where it's not working as part of this season of 24, if that makes sense. Well, a lot of the talk of them rebooting the show, not that this ever goes away, uh, is that there was a long, like after the failure of Legacy, that they were talking about rebooting it again as either a political or a law show. Like that was Mm -hmm. the big rumour. You know, again, without Jack, all that kind of stuff, but it was meant to be a legal or a political show. Um, So they've still obviously got that idea into it. Um, I wouldn't agree that I I still think the Nicole Key stuff, as silly as that got sometimes, I I think that was way better than this because that ultimately tied in 
a lot more like you did because you would learn you, it was more personal for David and I feel like it was just more well executed you had this big team around him and it kind of led to what you got with Sherry and all that kind of stuff whereas this like the thing that I can pass on this is that I know ultimately what this will lead to and what it means for Palmer as president by the end of this season mm-hmm. so like it's kind of you know if you're watching this for the first time right now you're going like okay 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 and like the, yeah you're right I think the, the key thing is though is like it's got nothing to do with the virus like the moment that I like think is ridiculous when we're going to get with the Palmers around the virus, one scene, and it just shows how lazy they've been with this virus because Wayne's basically yelling at Tony going like, damn it, tell me an update right now. And Tony's like, why do you want this right now? I'm a bit busy. I want it now. And it's like, you've yeah. had like 45 <laughs> minutes. You should have been sitting around, Wayne, playing Tetris. You're like, oh, shit, the virus. Tony, what's happening with the virus? Like, we're in the- yeah. now, Tony. <laughs> like, so that's well, the only thing. The desperation, like we complain about too much, like the desperation always lacks on the tension. Like, what are they doing with it? Yeah, and I think that's another one of the problems with just mixing these two storylines together because with the Milliken drama, we're at episode four, essentially. We're, we're, we're not 12 hours in and the virus is 12 hours in. So you have these, these weird stages of we're really, really tense, really, really down to the wire on the virus, but we're just sort of kicking off the Milliken thing, you know? So it feels bizarre to have david and wayne and sherry being so relaxed because they're like we still got plenty of time nothing's gonna happen at one in the morning we got at least until uh early morning news shows kick off before uh anything could blow back here but yet the virus is like oh no it's now it's now it's now so it it is a little bit all over the place um one thing that uh you kind of touched on (laughs) is the uh the wayne and david conversation and Again, just illustrating what a terrible president that David is because (laughs) everything that we've gone through in this show and he's like, I am not going to have him make me force my brother to step down. You know, like I have I have scruples. I have uh, uh, values, but I am okay with letting a murderer go free. (laughs) Like you, you are you won't be held hostage by a guy who wants to expose a scandal that did take place. That was real where you're chief of staff or whatever your brother did something that is going to look really bad is it illegal no but it's going to look really bad in the media (laughs) that is a real thing that happened and now you're going to basically cover that up based on your values again by letting a murderer go free so that you can blackmail one of the most powerful and we would i i guess have to guess popular you know uh social figures in los angeles like you are destroying your presidency Will over Smith. this. It, it, there we go. He's Will Smith. Uh, mm. Will Smith. We're going to make him great again. Uh, and not just because he's black. Again. Yeah. I mean, w- here we are tearing down one black man to raise, raise another black man up. <laughs> We're part of the problem. We're not part of the solution. But uh, but it's just it, it's it's no longer making sense because David's like so uh, angry at Wayne and like this was a stupid thing to do. But his his objection is. I won't be told who I can and can't fire, but I can let a murderer go free and ruin another man's life. <laughs> He's a terrible president. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think, yeah, there are repercussions to this that happen. But I don't believe that David in the show ever accepts, I am no longer the man who's fit to run this country. It's like, But uh, he really isn't. Well, just remember that because you're kind of wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> but we'll I see also what you get there. See, 
I also want you to remember David's ability to just flip flop this season of I will not negotiate versus I will negotiate. Okay, bribed. No, yeah, no, exactly. you can't do that. Because it's going to play a pretty key role later on in this season with a very famous moment about what he's willing to not do and do in order to either negotiate or not negotiate. So, um, yeah, he's a pretty piss poor president. Yeah. And with, with Kevin Kelly here, like, this is another frustrating thing that happens sometimes. Like, when you have a serialized show, and you're going to do a one-off episode where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have something big happen, but none of it's really going to matter. You know, uh, this Kevin Kelly character, like, they go all out with this guy as if this is going to be a major character. And like you said, it's, it's one and done. Uh, but the the lengths they went through, and I never would have connected the dots in 2004 or whenever this episode aired, but it is so Lethal Weapon. I don't know the last time you watched Lethal Weapon. Oh, I but hated the guy. <clears throat> Mel Gibson's character, Martin Riggs, is introduced as this broken man who had a family member die tragically, I believe it was you know uh, something even connected. Like uh, it, I don't know if it was a drunk driver, but something like this. Like oh, something something bad happened, and and you know my wife wasn't responsible. He is on the verge of suicide. It's literally him in a in a in a trailer, getting drunk with a gun. There, they're implying this guy is ready to kill himself. And okay, I I buy his grief, but they said what? It's been twelve years. Like, mm, is like this that. this guy every single night for 12 years? Like, he's contemplating suicide for 12 years straight? Like, at this point, I think this guy would have either moved on a little bit or he would be in a completely different state. Like, I, I don't I don't know why they're going for this Martin Riggs thing where he's like, I just can't live anymore. Or, or is he having this gun because he wants to kill Sherry Palmer? Does he want to kill Alan Milken? Like, why is 12 years later this the state of grief he's in? And I also think that... Like, why is Alan Milliken so concerned about this? Like, he's that powerful he can bribe the cops. Can't he just, like, be all, like, yeah. their lies? Like, these are just fabrications. Um, there's you know, no evidence. Like, exactly. Like, that's it. Like, well, there's evidence that you paid someone off. It's like, well, you know, they were going to beat me up. Also, like, I'm black. Yeah. Like, so I had to, like, do something. <laughs> exactly. So I gave him some money. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, so, yeah. I, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a poor thing to throw back. Like, if I were Milliken right now, I'd be laughing. Like, yeah. This is what your your retaliation is. Can't get your health care still. Um, yeah. no. <laughs> Speaking of um, poor things, the baby. Um, so I'm gonna. Or a little breathe. Susie Binder. <sighs> Susie Binder. <laughs> Coming soon in the 24 expanded universe. The real story <laughs> of the number one character you've always wanted to know about, Susie Binder. Um, 24 hours of diaper ash. <laughs> So basically, I love everyone's reaction. Like I love Adam here. What is that? It's a baby. I know that. <laughs> oh, it's Chase's. Uh, it's Chloe's. Well, sh- sh- spoiler man. Uh, it's it's Chloe's baby. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. She doesn't have a baby. I did a background check. Oh, okay. Tony, need to talk to you. Yes, Kim. Chloe doesn't have a baby. Okay. Well, she's obviously kidnapped it. Well, that's a shame. I don't have time for this. Go back to work. You're looking after the baby because you're a woman. And then Kim's like, hey, Chloe, yes, Kim, you don't have a baby. Shut up. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Oh, yeah, it's my boyfriend, Eric, <laughs> Eric Binder. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, like, then I also love the fact that <laughs> it's so laughable when, like, Kim calls Tony and it's like, Tony, he, she's not the mother. Well, how do you know that? Because she said it was getting abused and I called up child services and they said there was no abuse case. And Tony's like, hmm. I'm like, okay. So everybody out there who's been abused, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're being abused. I, I, I'm very sorry. 
I'm sure many people out there are being abused and never call it up. What happened yeah. with Harvey Weinstein? It took like <laughs> how many years for that to come out of light and everybody came out when they did it. So Kim's excuse of... Oh, no one reported it. Well, because everyone in 2004 Los Angeles clearly reported being abused, Kim. Well, but but I think that Chloe says that they called Child Protective Services. But at the same time, my, my complaint with this is she calls up at one in the morning. First of all, somebody's answering the phone at Child Protective <laughs> Services at one in the morning just to confirm. Yes, yes. Do you have any confirm that confirmation that this baby that I don't even know the first name of? Well, she doesn't know the name at all. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like it, it shouldn't be, you know, oh, they have no case. It should be like, well, I don't have anything on an Eric Binder. Are you sure you spelt his name right? Could it be B-Y-N-D-R? Like there are so many ways. That this Edmonds, be- is that a name? Yeah. No, no, Chase <laughs> yeah. doesn't have a dog. Wait, what? Hang on. <laughs> Chase definitely doesn't have a baby. Yeah, but but. <laughs> The, the real problem with this is like, are they going to release the information even if it if there was a case? Like, yeah. well, uh, you know, we're not this confidential information about abused children, but you know what? You sound like a nice young blonde girl who sounds like she can From swim. Pasadena. <laughs> Pasadena. So you know what? I'm going to give you the information. Yes, Susie Binder was abused. You look like you've had a hard day, and I think you're going to tell me to bring it. You might know someone who went to school and now was, was in social work. Like, oh, did you, did you face a cougar recently? Oh, I'll give you all the information you need, you poor thing. Um, but then I also love Adam all of a sudden. He's just sort of like, Tony. Chloe, you know, she's she's unhinged. She's lying about babies. <laughs> but then it also the ineptness of freaking CTU. Tony's excuse. We just don't have the backup. Like, hire more staff, CTU. This is 2004. The economy was booming. This isn't 2008. This isn't 2022. There's been no COVID. There's been no global recession. Since 9-11, you've had fury. Like, a bunch of people signed up to be in the government. That was a whole thing. Like, people wanted to protect their country. So, if anything, you got people coming out your ass. Like, hire better people. Well, we, we always talk about this. Like, there are shifts. We have new people come on with new shifts. And... Chloe is from the previous shift. If anything, you're overstaffed right now because Chloe's <laughs> replacement should be there. Like you've, you've got tons of people. Adam's replacement should be there. Kim's replacement should be there. Like everybody has another shift coming on unless they literally work 200, uh, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Well, Jack they Bauer have does. More than a, well, we know Bauer does. There's no replacement for Bauer, but guaranteed there's a Kim replacement out there. Um, I'm going to read my favorite thing I've ever read in a uh, 24 Official Companion. This one, of course, is 24 Official Companion Season 3 and 4 by Tara All right, I'm going to read this. Just lock yourself in for some entertainment. One of the weakest subplots of the season was the introduction of a baby into CTU by (laughs) Chloe. Hidden under Chloe's desk as a favour to someone outside the office, the baby became an odd sore thumb amidst the virus crisis. While it was later revealed to be Chase's baby, spoiler alert, the actors all admit trying to sell the storyline was tough going at times. <laughs> James Basdale becomes my favourite human after I read this. James Basdale admits he loved the season but wasn't very fond of the baby storyline. The Kim stuff was good because it gave us something to focus on and play with when working with Kiefer or Alicia. <laughs> I know. We didn't delve into it very much, but it helped the audience relate to Chase a little more and brought us all closer together in a more coherent storyline. As far as the baby stuff... I never really understood it. 99% of us were like, why, 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 why do we need a baby? It never went anywhere. Cute baby, though, he laughs. 
<laughs> Fellow actor Paul Schutz, who played Ryan Chappelle, who also, by the way, missing in this episode. Where is Chappelle in this episode, by the way? Not here. And where's, what's his face? Gael. Both of them are off having a lunch break or something. Um, he said, the baby was very difficult. The producers are smart. And if the show was only about anthrax on the back of a van and whether it was going to be released or not, it would be tense but become one note and hard to live with. So these guys mix in all kinds of things. Schultz admits he got the idea that Chloe was in a pinch. Given the rigours of her schedule, she has no alternative but to bring it into CTU. But for me to literally march up some stairs and threaten to fire somebody and be completely undone by the whines of an infant was challenging. But we made it work. There were some of all of us that were like, my God, what are we doing? But it's always a challenge to make a show, no matter what the show is about, and for actors to be completely committed to and honest what about whether situation they're asked to be in so that one, it was a challenge and it was fun to rise. I literally love how each human like James Bachelor are like, fuck, this was shit, but I'm I'm glad i was in 24 <laughs> so like I, I love it's the same thing with leslie hope in the amnesia storyline like i love yeah. when the actors are willing to speak out and say like no this is really dumb <laughs> and this yeah. is on set i mean it, the people who are speaking out like james badge dale paul schultz they're not Kiefer sutherland they're they're not alicia cuthbert they, they don't know that they're gonna be brought back next season for them to speak up brave men who are willing to speak up against babies but like and this, this, women terry bauer and amnesia and, women, uh, yes. and leslie hope sorry that's the uh, character the yeah. actor. but but is this like one of those network interference things where they're like people really like babies and animals so i want a cougar in one season and i want a baby in the next and people really like it when people forget things so yeah, and amnesia. Uh, and so now now if only the baby joined terry on the cougar like <laughs> our next you know t-shirt how, you know how Zach Galifianakis in the hangover has a little baby on his front thing yeah. like <laughs> every bad storyline goes on the cougar there's a baby <laughs> Terry having amnesia uh we need to put um what's his face Kyle on there as well like uh, <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing on this cougar where did this baby come from who's this blonde surfer guy do I know how to change a diaper? <laughs> uh, yeah, so my summary of the baby storyline in the words of James Badge Dale, why, 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 why? Anything else sad? Uh, yeah, on Eric Binder. Okay, so you already kind of said the same thing I <laughs> oh, was I thinking. Forgot, I forgot about that line. My yeah, boyfriend, like, Eric uh, Binder. <laughs> like, first of all, she doesn't need to give that information. You know, it, uh, it's just Chloe like, and I love the fact that it is Eric Binder too. And she's sitting in an office. Cause we just, we were really missing that scene. which is like, Eric. And she's looking around Eric cabinet, Eric mouse pad, <laughs> Eric socket opener, uh, binder, Eric binder. But, but why does she, but like, I love the way she delivers it. Like it's like, uh, that would be funny. It's kind of like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, yes, doubt fire. Yeah. But like, <laughs> this is literally like my boyfriend, Eric, stop it, Eric. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you don't like introduce. Oh, yeah. My well, wife, Jamie, Jamie Hilding. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> she's my wife. Like, we it, got married. <laughs> that's a good point. But maybe this is Chloe is a bad liar, you know, and, and uh, I can't remember who it was that I was talking about who was really bad at lying in a previous season. At some, some point in season two. Michelle. Yeah. I, I, or that may be this season. Yeah. I love Michelle. No, uh, Michelle is the bad was last liar. season like, with the carry stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I love the little character traits, but that's not really a thing. I mean, it's just Chloe being weird here because like Chloe should be thinking, okay, if if I want to create a cover here, don't give away too many details because she probably is going to call up Child Protective Services and ask about a Susie Binder, 
you know, mm-hmm. and maybe I should just say Eric. Oh, I, I don't know his last name. I just met him. Oh, he was a one night stand actually. And he left his bit like something, you know, like come up with a better story. But if this had been played off as Chloe's a bad liar, okay. But it's actually just played off as like Chloe's weird. She feels the need to give way too many details. Chloe's terrible in this episode and in the fact that like her character is annoying. I think what Marilyn yeah. Radskip does really well is make her extra annoying. And obviously that's tying in with the whole, or is she, you know, capable of doing a job versus not? Because every time she's doubted, she comes through. It's very, oh, look, mm-hmm. we're, not that we're doing that already with Tony this season because he got <laughs> shot in the neck. Um, but like, I, yeah, she's like, this is, I remember this being one of those episodes going like, oh my God, who is this character? She is so annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. just, and like, I used to, I think I used to not like Adam thinking he was similar, but like, Adam's fine. Adam's kind of like no, got a Adam's right great. to be annoyed because like the way like literally Chloe just snaps at him for no reason. Oh, just shut up. I know what I'm doing. You don't have to yell at me. It's like, shut the fuck up. Um, but Marilyn Radska does a great job well, in this. If anything, I'm going to credit her for saving this storyline because she brings, as a comedian, she's bringing humor to this without it being obvious. And yeah. the scenes that I do like are every time she's encountering Kim or um, the uh, Chappelle, and it's sort of played off almost like it's three men and a baby style comedy. And, and credit to some of the other people like Paul Schultz, especially too, who had that scene in the previous episode of the one prior to that where it's like oh there's nothing in the employee manual this is again ever baby <laughs> it's because it's implied when the actors are playing it with a little bit of a sense of humor i like it but again it doesn't belong in 24 and that's the problem and she she's hilarious like i, I don't i think the only thing oh, i've yeah. seen her in outside of this was i mean she was in little miss sunshine we talk about that a lot recently um <laughs> and one of the episodes i watched of it's always sunny in philadelphia like i wasn't i wasn't really paying attention to it but she was in an episode of that and she was funny in that but, um, yeah, like, interviews, she's hilarious. And, like, follow on social media. Uh, she posts mm-hmm. some of her stand-up every now and then. So, um, yeah, she's a very funny actor. And, like, she actually like- shared something recently. Like, it was a picture of her and Kiefer. And I can't even remember what she said. She was just like, oh, just me and Kiefer, like, back in the days. Like, it was just like, oh, there he is. It's like, Kiefer, look at him. Well, I actually wonder whether they consciously wanted to cast a comedian to do this role. Cause th- th- st- I still think Chloe is the biggest mystery in the show. The biggest mystery is to how she became so popular without changing that much about her, but also why they specifically want, what did they want to do with Chloe? You know, did they want Chloe to be a one? Did they want to just be the new Tony or, Oh, you're not sure if you're going to be suspicious or she's just weird. Did how much of this character did she bring to it? Did, did they see her audition say there's something weirdly annoying about her and we like it. Like that's all the stuff that I want answers to. So come on the show. Anybody come on the show. I'm John Kassar. Come on the show. And explain if you were there during the casting process. It's yeah. I would love to, I mean, she'd be one of the main, I mean, outside of Cape Sutherland, I would probably say she's probably the main person we'd want to probably speak to. We already got Janet on. So like we've already covered that box. But, Gregory, it's um, no longer an option. Sadly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I want um, Paul Blackthorne, uh, Stephen Thaunders. Thaunders, apparently got a list now. <laughs> Stephen <but>, Thaunders. <laughs> but uh, so I found the post actually. And maybe this could be a perfect time to reach out to a management because uh, Marilyn Raskin has got a book coming out. So uh, this was a post in, in May. So I'll show you the picture. It's like a great picture of like Jack, uh, Keith Sutherland with like a gun and Chloe, uh, Marilyn Radskin, like with a drill. Um, so, <laughs> um, look how beautiful Kiefer Keep, is doing looks. the. Uh, uh, it, have you ever seen Hot Fuzz? Um, uh, I've not seen thing? it, but I've seen the poster. Oh, oh, Hot Hot Fuzz. They kind of loosely parody like these 
super macho action movies, Point Break and Bad Boys specifically. There's the uh, there's a famous shot in Point Break where Keanu Reeves can't bring himself to shoot Patrick Swayze. So he's just firing his gun in the air with his mouth gaping wide open like that. Ah! And they, they yeah. parody that in Hot Fuzz. That, that Kiefer's kind of doing the, the Point Break Hot Fuzz. Ah! Who would you rather, Keanu Reeves or Cape Sutherland? Oh, I'm, Jamie would kill me if I didn't say Keanu. <laughs> well... Jamie's Jamie idiot. would rather um, Keanu. <laughs> well, I don't like Jamie anymore. Anyway, so this post, uh, Marilyn says, As a kid growing up in Michigan, I watched Keith Sutherland movies. As an adult, I starred with Keith on a highly successful television drama. Uh, oh, I better watch that. Uh, I try to figure out how this happened. It would be too much for my brain. It wasn't in the description of the possibilities and offered to me when I was growing up. There was nothing in that description except marry your high school sweetheart and work at Olive Garden. I talk more about this in my new book, Famish. Visit my website, link in bio, to order your copy. So maybe we should, like, read. I mean, it's, it's yes. how we got Fran Drescher on. Uh, you know, she was talking <laughs> about other things. So, you know, like, sidebar. I mean, I'll get it. If Keeper Sutherland was, like, wanting to talk about the economic crisis in the Ukraine... Uh, I'd get him on the show, and like it was no different to me interviewing Kevin Bacon. I'd interview him, him and his brother about fucking their music. No one cares about their music. Yeah. Like I just got to the point where I'm like, all right, Kevin's on the show. <laughs> I'll talk to him about anything. Come on, come on the show. Um, so yeah, we we can whore ourselves out for that. Yes. We do it all the time. That's why we have a Patreon, which you can sign up for right now. Um, so the rest, I'm, I'm just gonna lump everything because the C- other CTU stuff kind of is connected with, and like the CTU and Jack stuff, the beginning is kind of rubbish so basically <laughs> Jack's CTU, looking through binoculars for half an hour well and ctu it's literally tony being a dick to michelle at the beginning she's like oh, the show, go, rubble, 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 rubble. and she's like oh damn <laughs> he's just like is that cold yet and she's like no all right and then they like have this meeting which again why isn't Chappelle sitting in on this meeting when they're basically going like all right we've got ops here we've got this we've got that there and also like is this the laziest you have ever seen carlos bernard he's literally there going like all right, so where's the team's going? Yeah, put them there. Yeah, Chase will go there. Yeah, cool. All right, yeah, fucking whatever. Like, play this off as him being tired. Play it off because he got shot in the neck. Like, I don't know, yeah. but, like, I just – it just seems lazy here from Carlos Bernardo. I don't get it. Um, they're all setting up, ready to go. That's basically CTU. Um, yeah, Tony yelling, getting yelled at by Wayne Palmer when they get into the, uh, the action going on there. <laughs> um, which, actually, this is a question I have to ask. So – I get that this is sort of like a secret operation, right? But like they've now got a big massive like team on the on the ground. And we've already heard like in the last couple of weeks a few mentions of shall we tell Mexico? No, we shouldn't tell Mexico. This is going to create an international incident because CTU surely do not have jurisdiction outside the United States. That's what the CIA is for. So like I want this to be a follow-up. I like I, I know we get that later on in later seasons with like China and Russia, which is great, but like this should be an incident. They're causing a massive incident in Mexico right now because he's ordering agents to do like this stuff and kill Mexicans on Mexican soil. <laughs> like picture this the other way around. If this was Mexican 24 and then freaking Pablo and Felipe are off to killing random Americans in Los Angeles, like, I, they're not standing for this shit. Palmer's, well, I mean, he's probably not Palmer. It's the real life president. This is, this is the Bush days. He's not putting up <laughs> with that crap. Uh, I'm thinking that Palmer is the Trump here, like his disdain for Mexico, because even with Yemen last season, a major character was brought into the show just because of all the relations they had to have between the United States and Yemen because of what was going down and about to go down. Like you extend that courtesy to Yemen, but not Mexico. You just want to build a wall, you disgusting racist man. (laughs) (laughs) The David Palmer story, you disgusting racist man. (laughs) Coming soon to cinemas near you. Um, 
Meanwhile, yeah, Jack Bauer's looking through binoculars basically for the rest of this episode. <laughs> um, for some reason, Hector's not actually dead. I always forget that Ramon technically, well, he does kill him here, like bang, bang, cool. Uh, we've got a rinse, repeat, recycle Nina's whole play of he's evil. Um, yeah, I mean, he's good. He's working for CTU. Don't trust him. Don't mention my brother. I don't, does she say Hector's name? I don't even remember. But, like, it's just... I mean, Nina's just nothing in this episode, really. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah. no, he's really good. No, he's not. <laughs> and, like, I just don't get this whole play because, like, it kind of just makes Ramon dumb. Like, it just, it's kind of like the way, what was it like last week when he's like, do you not think I did a background check? Well, clearly you fucking haven't, mate. Like, I mean, I know you're kind of flying on the seat of your pants with a lot of this stuff, but, like, I don't know. It's just, sure. <laughs> and then they get into position... They're waiting, they're looking through binoculars, and he's all like, I used to work for CTU. You know, Jenkins is up there. Uh, Armus, he switched sides, and now with CTU, he's up there. <laughs> Flank them on that way. So Felipe and Pablo get sent up there. Jeez, the writers really came up with some original Latino names there. Um, and is it Felipe finds nothing and Pablo gets held up? And whatever happens, yeah. is it Pablo? Or is it one of them gets – I'm a 50-50 right here. So it is Pablo getting held up here. Whatever happens to Pablo, rip Pablo, pour him. Like, Chase is holding him up. Oh. He's like, tell him where, where you know, you're on point. And like, oh, okay, whatever. So, again, dumb Ramon here is just like, oh, there's no way he can be held hostage at all. So, like, clearly he's fine. So, you keep up there, you know, keep on point. Um, Amador rocks up and sort of has this meeting with Nina. I love this fucking device that Nina has. What did she go to Best Buy? I'm like, hi, um, do you have any virus readers? Oh, yes, we do. Right here. Okay, thanks. Giant <laughs> box thing. And then I also love, like, this reminded me of No Time to Die. It's Spectre. It's all of them. Like, this is Nina. Right, I'm just reading the virus. It will take... Five minutes. <laughs> then they go straight to a commercial and they come back, oh, my God, that was exactly five minutes. Like, what are the odds of that happening? Convenient commercial timing there. Like, what are they doing while they're sitting there? It'll take five minutes. Okay. So, uh, how's being evil? Good. <laughs> Thanks. How's selling viruses? Yeah, a bit slow. Uh, we've got Benefits this one. are decent. Yeah, um, you know, Ukraine, uh, really <laughs> booming right now. Can't see anything like that changing in the future. Yeah, no, true. Yep, absolutely. So, um, killed that guy's wife, did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tried to did sleep with them afterwards? Yeah, was any good? Try- Heard she rides cougars. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, it's been five minutes. I love how, like, it's got this sign. It just says, verification, 100%. <laughs> <Just> like- <laughs> Again, like, I get this is a TV show. They've probably blown all the budget and all the explosions they've got in this episode. But get something that looks a bit like, I don't know. Like, have the guard have, like, a, a needle and just, like, put it on, like, a COVID rat test or something like that. This just looks so, like, cheap. And it's like, virus detected. Like, okay. So, anyway, it's the virus. She calls up a bank and it's all like, and you hear the woman on the phone. It's like, transfers. And she's all like, code number, blah, 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 blah. Hands the phone. And she's just like, your your transfer has been complete. Okay. <laughs> like, wow. Didn't she already transfer it last week? They, they verified the funds last week. But I don't think they transferred uh. it. But again, why would they wait? Like, they, they do that whole exchange. Like, all right, we're going to go off. We're going to grab a coffee. I don't know. Maybe check out a movie. We'll come back here in about an hour, two hours, maybe, you say. And yeah. then you can transfer money. Instead of... I just verified the funds, transfer it now. Yeah, it seems a bit weird. So Amador uh, buggers off and then basically 
uh, Chase is all, and we've got this weird thing going with CTU where out of nowhere they've just got connection issues so that all of a sudden this just makes Chloe seem like incompetent, but then all of a sudden she's good again. Like it's kind of like last year. Remember when the phones went down randomly in season two and yeah. they're like, oh no, we're fine now. Like this comes out of nowhere. Again, CTU, get better like equipment, get better staff, get better <laughs> equipment. Like you were here trying to stop a, like if no wonder nuclear bombs are going off and no wonder like a hotel is going to have like half its people die in a few hours from this virus. You're incompetent. Like, where's the FBI? I want to see the... Well, the FBI comes into it in, like, season seven. Don't get me started on them. Um, anyway, so uh, before stuff gets blown up, do you have anything to add here, anything to talk about? Because I can just wrap it all up with the explosions yeah. that are about to come. Well, quickly, just uh, on Tony. Um, I mean, yes, this is... Even I noticed. I'm like, there's something really weird about Carlos Bernard's performance this week. Uh, but uh, I'd say all around, Tony's, like, you know, at attitude, his testiness, his... Is hiding things from people. Just he, he's very not Tony in this season. But I actually think what we're going to get out of him, what's going to come once we get the, the hotel stuff later on, which is arguably the strongest stuff we'll ever get from Tony. I mean, everything past this is going to be a completely different character for him. I mean, it's almost like the climax of his character. It actually makes it more satisfying. And I, I remember even at the time watching this season, I'm like, I'm still not totally sold on Tony. I'm not going to be sold on Tony until we get into the, the last wrap up of these episodes or, or of the season. And maybe it actually makes it better what's going to come later on because we're sort of being conditioned to be like, oh, Tony, more Tony, you know, oh, he, yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's got that, uh, that, that neck. phone in shot in the neck and he's phoning that it that in bullet and everything. In yeah, <laughs> uh, but but I I I, I want to cycle back to this boring Tony here and this uh, snotty Tony once we get to the good Tony that's going to come later on. Um, yeah, the Pablo thing makes no sense to me. I, I, first of all, it, it was one of the few moments throughout, I guess, the first half of this episode that was genuinely suspenseful, though, where uh, it's like Pablo. Pablo, he's not there. See, I told you so. <laughs> and then when he's like, oh, everything's secure here. And then you see Chase with a gun. But Chase hitting him with the gun afterwards. Like, I so wanted immediately after that for Felipe to suddenly be like, so Pablo, uh, have you decided if you're going to vote on the dental care? And he's like, uh. <laughs> All of a sudden, Chase is like, oh, hello, hello. Oh, Brad, come back. You're coming back. <laughs> Uh, yes, I have. Uh, yeah, see, see, uh, all del paso. Yeah, like it's, uh, <laughs> it's not like Ramon says, All right, Pablo, stand down and no further radio communications for the next hour. Like, you're knocking the guy out, he's the only leverage you have here. <laughs> you just shot yourself in the foot. Uh, but and the uh, hand, which is completely fine hand, this way. <laughs> the best thing about this episode is two times. Throughout one hour of throughout 42 minutes of television, two times somebody asked Chase, Chase, are you okay? He goes, I'm all right. Like again, we're three episodes in a row where he's been shot in the head. This, to me, this is even funnier than Tony getting shot in the neck because people are repeatedly asking Chase, are you doing okay? Yeah, feeling good. <laughs> no, you, you were shot in the head. You had gasoline port. I don't even think they disinfected it yet. I mean, if they stitched anything up, <laughs> he keeps telling people how good he is. It's so weird. Uh, but I, I think I'll kind of disagree with you about uh, Nina having nothing to do with this episode because to me – she saves this episode just in questioning Jack because we don't have a lot of suspense in this episode. Is Jack looking through binoculars? Is, are they going to find the guy in the ridge? And the whole thing about finding the guy, uh, Pablo on the ridge and all that is because Nina is still playing this game, not even a game. She's right. <laughs> she's the smartest person, you know, on this season because she's like, there is no way that he is not still working for CTU. And the fact that she brings out, I know that not even, I know Jack. Now she's like, I know their protocols. 
They will have a person over there. They will have a person over there. Use my knowledge and figure Jack out. But Ramon looks really dumb this week. And I actually feel like the last couple episodes, there's been a lot of inconsistency in Ramon's character, which is making it clear that he wasn't intended to last this long in the season. And they, they stretched it out for whatever reason, because I already complained about him shooting Hector. And uh, I'll, I'll say it again. <laughs> it doesn't make sense for him. It shoot, makes more sense for Hector to shoot Ramon than Ramon to shoot Hector. Cause Hector only found out about this virus and this potential to make the money six hours ago. If that, uh, seven hours ago, he was still in prison. I think like he is the guy coming in at the last minute. If you're going to have anybody turn on one of the brothers, it'd be Hector. Cause this is Hector's deal, mm. but even more so for Ramon to be like, no, don't worry. I definitely checked him out. It's like, no, Hector did all that. Like now that Hector's dead, you have even less, uh, confidence. You should have less confidence that Jack is telling the truth and that there's no way that Jack couldn't be behind this. Like Hector was the guy who could say, yes, Jack's okay. And, and for Ramon to be like, don't worry, I didn't receive, you did nothing. You were in a prison. You didn't even know any of this was going to happen a couple hours ago. You were eating dinner a few hours ago and you had no clue you'd even be out by morning. And then now here you are in Mexico and you're making hundreds of millions of dollars, but but you're 100% confident in your plan, that's Hector's plan. Like Ramon just looks really dumb to me in this episode. But Nina looks smart because she's the one who's not even playing. She, she's... I would love to say this is Nina's manipulation. This is just Nina being right. This is Nina being the smart one and saying, hey, you want to come out of this alive? Use my knowledge. I agree with that. But at the same time, I think my issue with it is just it's nothing new. It's just the same thing we've had the last couple of weeks. It's it's no different to, you know, the whole episode where they're on the plane and it's just like, Jack, are you evil? No, uh, Jack, are you really working with you? No. Okay. <laughs> I want to kill him. No, yeah. don't do it. Heck. Well, okay. <laughs> but I think it's it's at least logical, whereas in a normal TV show, you're going to have it where they ask the hard questions right away. And then after that, it's like, hmm, Jack's looking through those binoculars quite hard. I'm suspicious. It's, uh, what I like is that she's trying harder and harder every single week. And I, I said the same thing last week. It's not even just, you know, Nina's side of it, that Nina is a, a obviously a really good at self-preservation, which is what I think the best thing about her character is. It's the fact that you are making suspense in this because Jack's idea. It's not just as simple as don't worry. We all believe that Jack's on heroin and he's definitely with us. It's that every single week you're going to have something new. It's like, yeah, but you got to question Jack for this. So really that's the only thing keeping suspense in this part of the season, because they've had nothing to do other than uh, since the auction, you know, since the auction, what are that? We're going to, uh, take out Nina's two guards. <laughs> We're going to look through binoculars and maybe Pablo is going to be discovered. So at least there's something here that they're throwing out there where Jack's identity could be figured out. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. There's, there's still like, I even, even the way, like, again, I get this is a network show. This isn't like, you know, what we get today, but it's just even the way it's kind of like when she's going, oh, he's still working for CTU. You just, I love how they cut to Jack and he's like, the binoculars, it's almost like he's got like that, like eyebrows. He's like, I'm not working. What are you talking about? And he's like, what's going on over here? Hmm. Just the way he's always got well, those shifty just- eyes. Like, oh, all Ramon has to do is look at Jack's facial expression. Jack, what are you? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Does she told you anything more? It's also like he's five feet away. Like this would be different if he had like a bugging device on them or if he was around the corner, but like he is literally right behind them. He's in the same shot as them. They know he's right there. They're talking full volume. And it's, it's what actually looks even dumber is Jack like, Oh, 
Yeah, oh, exactly. I didn't hear that. Like, if I if I were Jack right now, I'd be like, shut up, Nina. <laughs> it's yeah. like, Ramon knows what he's doing. Like, that's the way you come for it. But one thing I did, I think we're both definitely going to agree. We are definitely going to agree. On, uh, <laughs> uh, after uh, last week, when, when Ramon is like, shut up, Jack, you made me kill my brother. I just want Jack to be like, no, I was the guy who just said, don't do it, Ramon, about yeah. 10 seconds ago. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I think that's hilarious. But I also love, like, again, TV shows go to TV show. But, like, how many times has Ramon pointed a gun at Jack? Like, it's over, Jack. I don't need you anymore. Like, literally <laughs> yeah. at the end of this, he does it again. It's over, Jack. I don't, like, dude, just fucking go. All right, cool. Bang. It's like, what was yeah. that for? Like, I told you, I didn't need you anymore. All right, get in the car. Let's go. <laughs> like, that's all he needs to do. Um, but the rest of this episode is amazing. Um, so yeah. from that moment of I don't need you anymore, Jack, um, Ramon gets shot. There's a massive shootout. Nina goes on the run. Uh, shit's getting blown up everywhere. Jack turns into Mishka and Grishka from Octopussy, the <laughs> knife-growing twins. <laughs> like, Louis rips out a knife from this guy, stabs him in the stomach, then throws it. I love the way they kind of, like, freeze on Jack going, like, whew. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just that love knife. that you you now remember who Mishka and Grishka are from Octopussy. Yeah. One of the better things about Octopussy. <laughs> no, definitely not. I oh, did I rank them you the lowest? Still this, secondary. This should be more for our Double Oz Seven episode. Roger Moore. This is gonna be my second year in a row of trying to convince Jamie to let me dress our twins up as Mishka and Grishka. I'm like, <laughs> it's an easy costume: red shirt, black vest. Get them a fake knife and they can be Michigan Grisha. Like, Nobody's going to get it except for you and Ben and Noah. I'm like, that's enough for me. I'm why okay not, with that. Why not Winton Kid or Bambi and Thumper? Like other iconic Although duos. they're not twins. Well, well <laughs> shut up. Uh- <laughs> what, what other twins are there in James Bond? There's Michigan and Grishka. Fuck me and fuck you from the Austin Powers trilogy. <laughs> why not them? Don't do it that. Um Famous other twins in Hollywood and movies. Uh, twins, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Robert. Yeah, there was, that's a good idea. I was going to say Robert De Niro, uh, Danny DeVito, do that. Um, <laughs> you mean the uh, fifth sexiest man alive, Danny DeVito? <laughs> he's a man. Um, so, yeah, he throws a knife and oh, it's awesome. And then I love it when he's teaming up with Chase and being all director like Jack, like oh, that yeah. way, this way, that way. Um, he finds Ramon. Uh, and we got this cool standoff with the vial and he's all like, God oh, damn it. I've, I can make a deal here. Just put it down, put it down. So he goes to put it down and uh Oh, plot twist. It's a, it's a bomb. It's a, it's a, it's a bomb. Oh, can we do fifth element? Love that movie. Um, <laughs> it was a bomb. There'd be alarms and everything going off here. Okay. <laughs> I haven't watched that in so long. Um, so Rip, Ramon, um, we didn't know you. Um, you you died too young. I love a jack on the ground. <laughs> Chase, are you okay? No, Jack, I've been shot in the hand. <laughs> like, I, just, I just want to spoil this right now. When Chase gets his hand chopped off, it's not because he's doing it for, you know, the country. It's because he's like, oh, just chop it off. It's so painful. I got shot in the hand 12 hours ago. Chop it off. No, it's- no, no, no. 10 seconds after his hand got chopped off, Tim's going to be like, Chase, are you all right? You just lost a hand. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> it's a flesh wound. It'll, it'll grow back. Um, 
So anyway, Ramon's dead. Jack's <laughs> Jack gets his phone. The cell service in rural Mexico is fantastic. <laughs> AT and T was so good back in two thousand and four. I don't know what happened, but oh my god! Um, and also just the fact that there's no delay or anything. Like I've called people on mobile phones overseas before, overseas, and there's a, like a delay. Even right now in this well, Zoom call, there's at least a second delay or like a half second delay. Who who, who are they calling overseas though? Well, I mean, I, I'm Australian. The sea of every, Mexico. <laughs> every country to us that is not Australia is overseas because we literally live overseas from everyone in the planet. No, so I, us, I get you, you, but like Mexico to Los no, Angeles. I, no I, get, like, I, I know that, but like it's just a term Australians use for other countries. Like that's just what oh, we okay, say. I get it. Because so, like, there's literally nothing else that's not yeah, overseas. So like, I will have that conversation with, say, an American or a Canadian, and I'll say, like, have you ever been overseas? Oh, no, I haven't. I'm like, oh, have you been to Canada if you're American? Oh, I've been to Canada. I'm like, well, there you go. And like, well, yeah, I haven't left the sea. And I'm like, well, as an Australian, this is just a saying we have because like, no matter what <laughs> other country we go to, we have to go over a sea. So it's just what we say. Anyway, Australian lingo aside um I, I the thing i don't kind of get about this phone call the way he's kind of like um oh tony damn it he's dead and we don't have the virus and nina's gone and it's like oh yeah. okay and then all of a sudden it's kind of like we've got to find nina so like i'm kind of so i'm guessing finding nina because it's all about like finding, she had connected finding, ne- finding nina <laughs> the third film in the nemo trilogy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Finding Nemo, finding Dory, finding Nina. What was that movie? <laughs> finding Neverland, finding Nina Land. Um, <laughs> but like, I guessing they want to find her because oh, she's got a connection to Amador. But doesn't Jack? Jack was on the phone to Amador. Yeah. Jack like connected with Amador to get this deal happening. So isn't it going to be exactly the same connection that Jack's got? Like, I get the whole like we've got to find Nina because Nina all evil. But like, not saying that I want. Like, because I keep complaining about them bringing Nina back and it's going to get a bit old if they brought her back in the fourth and the fifth and the sixth season. But kind of leave this. Like, we, like I, I'm kind of going to like what we're going to get in the coming weeks with Nina that will wrap up Nina from 24 for good. But at the same time, like, just let her go. Bring her back in three seasons' time. Like, don't bring her back next season, but just, like, let the Nina thing slide for yeah. a little bit. Like, because it's just right now there is no real reason to bring her back other than Jack needs to get revenge. So mm-hmm. that's it. And it's kind of like the whole... Palmer thing when he's all like, oh, I'm going to find the virus, but my wife is off trying to free someone from jail. So, like, it's just, it makes no sense. But I do love the uh, Amador bit here. Like, I always forget how much I actually like Amador. Like, he's not my main man in this season, but Amador's a bit of a badass because, like, I love this whole moment when he's, like, in the truck and then all of a sudden he gets pulled over and everyone's all like, oh, get your hands on Like, he's not black. He'd be being beaten up by now. Um <laughs> So anyway, he gets out. And then I just love this like standoff. He's just got this like facial expression of like you're not going to do anything to me. Also, false advertising by the uh, CTU people here. If you move a muscle, you're dead. He moves. They don't kill him straight away. But also, uh, I would be that dick if I was Amador. So they get there and go, move a muscle, you're dead. Now turn around and get on your knees. I'd be like, bitch, please. You just told me if I move a muscle, I'm dead. I'm not falling for that. Uh, it's like in the mask. It's like, all right, freeze. And it's like, what are you doing? But you told me to freeze. <laughs> and he literally freezes. But uh, anyway, he gives a nod. The CTU people are dead. This guy, Chase's friend, he's dead. And uh, Amador gets back in the truck, looks at his uh, vial of, of disease, and off we go. <laughs> vial um, of disease. <laughs> the David Palmer story. Um, beep, 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 beep. Uh, the end. Uh, I, I mean, again, it saved this episode in the last 10 minutes and it goes by very quickly. But the thing I like about it is that 
it's it's that typical 24 desperation. It's the mm. just when you think they've finally cracked it, they've finally got it, everything goes to shit, and now you're literally like, fuck, well, how the hell are they going to find it now? So, mm. like, you literally end on this cliffhanger of, like, fuck, he's got the virus. Jack has no clue where he is. Okay, we've got to find Nina. That's our slight little carrot. But outside of that, we're back to square one. Yep. So... This is very similar to Tony getting shot in the neck. In the neck. <laughs> uh, I, I, we talked about that. It's like when you watched it, you're like, oh, Tony is shot in the neck. And then like a week later, you're like, what was the point of that? Like, this is brilliant when you watch it. You're like, whoa, what a cliffhanger. They don't have the virus. It was a bomb. And then like, I don't know. You don't even have to say a week later because they reveal it in this episode. It's like he was just after money. I think they, they do. They do this uh, this week, right? Yeah. They, uh, no, they don't say that this week. Okay. But... Wow. Sorry. Spoiler. Amador was ah. just after some extra spending cash. Uh, that's where the frustration sets in because you're like, I just sat through one of the best sections of 24, like like all this uh, Mexico and 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 uh, auctions and. Ramon dying, Hector dying, and Chase getting shot in the hand and being okay with it, and Claudia dying. Like, all this drama that happened because Amador wanted a little bit of extra cash. Sorry to spoil it. Uh, it's, it's, it it's, it's, it's like the Kyle Singer thing. It's like we just had this great act of 24. We just had several episodes. It was so exciting, but it was all for nothing, you know? And that's where it gets a little bit frustrating. That's where I think my frustration – because it's funny. I always, I always looked at Amador – as and, and I'm sure I'll change my mind now because I mean you said how much you love Saunders. I I never was that into Saunders. Um, you know, I asked my brother, like, because I, I think he was sort of on the same page where he's like, Yeah, Saunders was okay, but now he's like, No, Saunders is great. But I originally watching this show always thought Amador was the better between him and Saunders. And it's kind of because of the way he played, like the there's gonna be a moment coming up with Saunders where he has his I gotcha moment, you know, his equivalent of the bomb. Uh, but I always just loved the way Amador just does this and just gets out of the car, dusts himself off. Like, like it, 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 that is like what you want out of a 24 villain. Like the businessman is not afraid to get his hands dirty, but really the storyline of Amador is going to become very frustrating. Uh, and, and I'm with you with Nina. I, I think that uh, even watching this now, one of the first things I thought of when, when Nina ran off into the woods or whatever was, wow, what, what a perfect way that would have been to just write Nina out and then bring her back at some point when it mattered, you know? Like, they had it right there. And what we're going to get with the ending of Nina, it's it's as well going to be kind of frustrating coming up because it's like, oh, did you need to do this? You did this. They're going to do it with other characters. You know, okay, now we just need to move on. It, it's it's not going to be great from this point on. So this is almost like the last stand. Uh, and, and the scene you mentioned with Chase and Jack, uh, with them, you know, calling the shots. Okay, Chase, on your right, on your, to the right, to the right. <laughs> uh, them sort of coordinating their attack and all that. Like, it's very much like what we had with Nina and Jack last season, where they all of a sudden were working together, which was one of my favorite moments of the entire season. And that's just for like a CTU thing. If you're going to get like two of the best CTU agents together, like they're just going to work so perfectly together. And yet the action is phenomenal. And that's, I feel like this is three or four weeks in a row. We've said the same thing. It's like the action in the end is so good that it makes up for everything else. But um, I don't know. Are you, are you happy with the Ramon death? Cause I don't think I am so much. Oh, I, I'm not happy with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not maybe the level that you want it to be, but I mean, I don't know. I guess he's a ma- a major character that kind of, well, not a major character, but like a character that just kind of goes out pretty quickly. But I mean, like compared both to both the sellers, 
Both are sell. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never really gone like, oh, this makes me mad. It's just it happens, and then we move on. Yeah, but but I mean, it's just because this character. This keep in mind, this is probably the longest because I think um, how long was Gaines on the show? Eleven episodes, or was he on for twelve? Uh, he. Uh, he died in the episode after the uh, mid-season. So episode 13, okay. I think he died. So, and so then he even introduced episode three, yeah, so maybe five. 10 episodes. I thought it was five he was introduced. But, uh, but like, they go back to the compound, like episode four, five. Yeah, okay, maybe you're right, yeah. So, so I think this is the longest you've ever had a villain on 24. And especially one episode after you had a, a, a much more dramatic death for the minor of the villains. I mean... Pablo had a more dramatic death, you know, not quite to that extent, but how great would it be if this episode just ends and all of a sudden Pablo wakes up and says, hello, hello, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) I think I fell asleep. Who won the election? (laughs) Did Palmer go back into the debate? (laughs) Who is your floor? Um, (laughs) I speak English. (laughs) We're not stereotyping, it's more Bond jokes, Uh, but... Yeah, it's it like it, the the action is phenomenal here, and just the suspense of everybody's in every direction. You know, okay, Ramon's down, and uh, there is a bomb, and Amador has gone this way. Like, I almost wish that, that that were a bigger part of this. Like, who do we go after, Amador, or is like it's like the the Spider Man thing? You know, uh, a bunch of children or Mary Jane. Uh, but yeah, with Nina going off, like I, I still think you have a bit of a missed opportunity this season where you could be playing more on does Jack really want revenge on Nina that bad that he's willing to sacrifice this operation? Uh, Cause he just, even when he said, and Nina's gone. And he's like, All right. So you're on her tail. No, am I supposed yeah. to be like, <laughs> it, it's, they don't play it up enough. Um, still. I mean, it's good. It's, it's all right. It's okay. I'm okay with it. You're okay. The thing I'll just say though, like I get your point about the whole, like, and like I'm, I'm being a hypocrite now. Cause I complained a lot about the Kyle stuff going nowhere, but like, I guess in the grand scheme of things, technically every storyline in 24 and each act almost does. Like you could argue that in season one, like it's kind of like, well, okay. Kim and that Kim and Janet getting kidnapped and Kim and Terry getting kidnapped. Sure. Like it leads to Jack doing this, that and everything else. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. It keeps connecting the dots. Like it's sort of like, well, the Kyle stuff yeah. led us to here. And then now the Amador stuff's going to lead us to here. And like, like, I mean, if you want to be realistic to ruin the whole season, the, the virus has never been anywhere. Saunders has got it. And Saunders has got it everywhere around the country. So none of well, this like first, like 15 hours mean anything. We could have just skipped episode 15 and go, Saunders has got the virus. The Chandler Plaza hotel's in danger. Hurry up or I'll launch more. But, like, yeah. it still leads you on a path to connect all of that. I mean, the bomb, like, I mean, all of that kind of was like a rabbit hole and finally we got there at all about the Cyprus recording. So I get what you mean, and I'm being a hypocrite because here I am complaining about certain things like that. But I guess I can just deal with this, and I like Amador because he's a sophisticated British guy versus blonde-haired, bleached, little pubed wanker face. <laughs> but I think there is something different with season three, and, hey, maybe in – two or three more seasons i'm gonna be revisiting my thought on this but season three it does feel different than your typical 24 where it's like we're on the trail of something oh no we were wrong but hey we got another clue whereas this is hey we we solved the we solved the puzzle we got to the end we got kyle singer but it was just a joke there was no virus hey we solved the puzzle we got to amador slash nina but it was just a joke like it's the fact that even from the villains perspective whereas other seasons 24 i feel like the villains are on top of things and, and CTU just sort of realizes, oh, we were actually wrong on this. We have a problem here. 
we don't have the virus. You know, we were following the wrong car. Whereas this is like, hey, we got it. No way. It's just another fake one. <laughs> That's what's a little bit more annoying with this season is that. They do it in season two, though, with the nuclear bomb. We found the bomb. This is a decoy. Well, oh, but, well. But it, and I hate to be saying in, de- in defense of season two, but season two also said, hey, we're going to blow up the bomb and then rewrite what this show's about, which is one of the things that really saved season two. I'm not saying they should have released a virus. Maybe they should have released a virus. I mean, have the virus released in this small Mexican town. And they're like, now we see how deadly this thing is because it killed Pablo. <laughs> Pablo is never going to recover from this. Well, they do do. They do do do. Huh? They do do that in a different way. But I, I think at the end of the day, just like I, I like that idea. But I also think they probably go like, fuck, we need to get Jack what, back to America. <laughs> yeah, but what? <laughs> to what a real country, saying, America. <laughs> But what you're saying that they're going to do is going to come very late in the show. That's going to kind of be how they wrap it up. Uh, I I just, I still think there's something different about it was all a game. It was all a joke. Uh, So you're just going to forget that that stuff ever happened. You know, whereas other seasons, we are on the tail of something, but we didn't quite have the full story. Now we got to be on the tail of something else. Well, that was a heated debate, Colin, and I appreciate your input, (laughs) but you're wrong. Uh, so uh, shut up. (laughs) Don't make me bring Eric Binder into this, um, because he'll (laughs) kick your ass. Um, so I am reading the trivia, and according to 24 Wiki, uh, what can we learn? That's actually next week, Ben. You're on the wrong page. Good for that. You're a professional host. Uh, Jack Milliken drinks Fiji brand bottled water, one of the most expensive bottled waters available. The Julia Milligan. What? Oh, there we go. I can read. Jack Milligan. The, the brand is also seen frequently at CTU throughout all C- Okay, that's a great fact. Wait, wait so she uh, has a name or is it Alan's wife Milligan? No, this is in the book, but on 24 Wiki they call her a name. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> David Herman originally appeared in this episode as Dalton Farrell. Who's Dalton Farrell? His character was later written off the show because things... Who's Dalton Farrell? So there was a, a character that was supposed to be on the show that they just cut entirely? Dalton Farrell was a systems analysis from District brought in in day three. Oh, he comes in later. I remember him now. Oh, so they were um, supposed to introduce him here and he comes in later. I have no recollection of this man. So he's in a lot of deleted scenes. So he comes in next episode. <laughs> oh, this guy must okay. be great. <laughs> I'm just like, who's Dalton Farrell? <laughs> it's like, oh, next week. <laughs> I remember him now. Uh, this episode marks the first time that Jack has killed an opponent in armed combat without using a gun. He uses a knife. Thank you, 24Wiki. Um, when Sherry Palmer is in Kevin Kelly's trailer, a boom mic can be seen in the right-hand corner of the screen. Tisk tisk tisk. I thought uh, I saw something. In the previously on 24 segment of this episode, Jack tells the Salazars that they need to get to the mine 20 minutes before Amador. However, with Jack, what Jack said in the previous episode is they need to get there to the mine 20 minutes before Amazon Amador gets there. <laughs> Oh, so like three lines of dialogue have changed and that's a continuity error? Okay. Um, I do I do love on uh, IMDb. So there's no trivia on IMDb, but they've got goofs on IMDb. Even though Alan bribed Kevin Kelly, Kelly can still testify against him, keep himself from incriminating himself and keep the money. Thanks, random criminal on IMDb for knowing that. Um, Michelle tells to, Bra- tells to Brad Hammond... That Robin's drive. What? Who is writing this? Michelle tells to Brad Hammond that Robin's drives a light blue Malibu. 
who's Brad Hammond and who's Robbins? However, in the next <laughs> scene, Chloe says that Robbins is driving a light green Malibu. Are you Who's sure you're Malibu's? on episode 12? No, this is day three, 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. So I think someone's written down the wrong thing. When he is caught, Ramon tells Jack he doesn't want to go back to jail. Ramon was sent to prison, not jail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> God, Americans. Um, a plot well, can holes. we talk about one more thing here? Just because sure. you mentioned that, it reminded me of something. Jack should probably be doing better. Like when Ramon's basically saying, I won't go back to prison. He should be doing better jail. than basically saying, like, yeah, sorry, jail. <laughs> All that Jack really says is, we can cut you a good deal. Not, we can get you a pardon or something like that. Like, No, he says, I've been man. told I can have a deal. That's what he says. He's like, I've been given permission to cut a deal. That's what he says. But but a deal means you go to jail for less of a sentence. I mean, he he still has his original sentence. If he says, we'll get you a pardon, that's something. But again, I'm, I'm well, criticizing I, the logic and not the writing. I, I mean, I agree, but to a point, like, it could the deal could be like, you are on house arrest, you know, or we'll send you to a better jail. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll send, send you to... six girls every six days. We'll, we'll send you to um, Wyoming. Uh, the whole state is yours. Old, like, old El Paso jail. jail. Yeah. Um, we'll send you to Winnipeg. Uh, the, uh, love here, plot holes. <laughs> it seems a little odd that Kim is so shocked and offended that Chloe would essentially kidnap a child to get them out of an abusive situation. Since Kim... Oh, my God! Since Kim did the exact same thing in the beginning <laughs> of season two! <laughs> yes! That is so true! <laughs> what a hypocrite! <laughs> oh, my God! How do we not think about that? Thanks, because we tried to forget person. it. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is so true. <laughs> Kim literally stole a child from an abusive household. So she should be like, oh, my God, is this baby called Megan? Does she know Gary? <laughs> like, that. oh, that, that person wins 24 right there. They're better than Jack Bauer. I, I wish they had a name on this. Like, wow. Uh, also, I'm not going to read all these, but apparently if you actually look on certain episodes, there's user reviews. So five people have reviewed this episode. Nine out of ten, ten out of ten, nine out of ten, four out of ten, two out of ten. I love it. It's ten out of ten. Too many cooks. Um, cool. Uh, what are you doing with this episode, Colin? It's going to be a rent, but this one, like you, it was almost a bit. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll get my ranking out of the way at the same time. I've got this as my second lowest ranking. So 48 wow. overall. Um, it really is just the ending that saves it. Otherwise, this episode would have been a very easy bit. Um, yeah, it was going to be a bin for me, but I like I put it up a little bit higher when it came into the rent because like I just I love the last ten minutes. It goes by so quickly. It's tense, it's action packed, and I just I just love Amador. So like Amador's kind of Saunders light to me. So I just kind of love that badass moment of him because like we don't really have like yeah we have a few Drazen moments, but this is kind of like the first real time we've got like a villain being a real badass. Like you know mm. kind of. When we meet um, Alexis and he kills off um, Richard Berge, that's kind of a badass moment. You know, he put the sunglasses on, the great shot, like, kills him, that sort of stuff. But, like, this is, like, a real badass moment taking over CTU. So, like, it's kind of like, okay, I like that. So, it's a rant, and I have got this at 35th out of 60. So, uh, this is our 60th episode. We're, uh, I think, more than a quarter of the way through. So, um, well, yay. <laughs> Go us. Really solid debate, but you are wrong. <laughs> cool. Um, go fuck yourself. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I just realized that the next episode, because you host the next two episodes, but the next episode I host, we get Saunders for the first time. So, get excited. Oh, somebody um, planned this. 
I I wish I did, but sure. Uh, So next week on 24, let's read the synopsis according to 24 Wiki. Jack Bauer and Chase Edmonds catch Nina Myers. Oh, spoiler. Uh, But she just causes more problems for CTU. Ryan Chappelle locks up Chloe O'Brien when she refuses to answer questions about Angela. Sherry Palmer goes after Alan Milliken. Now, I haven't re- I haven't watched this yet, but I do remember next week that somebody else dies, three episodes in a row where somebody of slight significance dies. Um, and I'm pretty sure from memory next four. week the cliffhanger four? What do we have in four well, episodes? Claudia, Hector, Ramon. Oh, yeah. Rip Claudia. Sorry, Claudia. Uh, <laughs> sexist Ben. Forget the woman. Um, racist Ben. Forget the Latino. Well, I didn't forget Ramon and Hector. Um, I won't forget next week's. Um, but I, from memory, next week the cliffhanger is shit. Uh, have you watched next week's episode yet? No. Okay. Well, I just I've just got a memory that there's like a really anticlimactic uh, cameo, a, a cliffhanger. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the the cameo is Milo. <laughs> The cameo Hello, is Jack Smiggins teams up with Eric Binder. Finally, after all these years. <laughs> but we get Dalton Farrell next week. Yay! Oh, we'll finally get what the big deal is. <laughs> Dalton Farrell. Dalton Farrell. Um, yeah, but uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been fun. Um, in about a week or so, tune in to hear movie recaps because uh, we're getting into anniversary month for the first time in about two years. We're uh, celebrating four great films that are celebrating their anniversary. If you want to hear what those are, listen to our Patreon. If you've got money, if you don't, well, stiff shit, sucks to be you. Uh, And then also coming next month, we should say it is our fifth anniversary of The Room. Fourth anniversary, fourth or fifth. Uh, We do our yearly episode on The Room because we did that for Bad Movie Month in 2017. So it'll be 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. It'll be our fifth anniversary. Um, So this year, do we want to spoil what we're doing for our anniversary this year or shall we wait? Uh, let's at this point. I think we could do it. We're what about a week away? Sure, that's how my math works. Yes, week or two away. Yes. Uh, so we're doing the disaster artist people. Uh, we've ranked things. We've done our top ten moments. We're running out of ideas until we can get um Tommy Wiseau on the show. So um, we will be doing. Are we just doing a recap, a review? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, let's let's recap it. Okay, you're hosting it. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I've seen it before, so I've seen. I saw it like I, the the first time I watched the room. Oh, not the first time. No, I no, maybe it was. I I did a recap of it. It's 2018. We watched it, wasn't it? Okay, so no, I did yeah. watch the Disaster Artist when we did the 2018. So it's our fourth anniversary. Whatever. I know how to do math. That's coming soon as well. Uh, Breaking Bad is happening. Lost. Hopefully September. Stay tuned for that and patreon you'll hear all the things at the end right now my name is ben and leave me alone colin and my name is colin and yeah i'm okay thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>